Welcome to the Tessa, reviewing and breaking down movies to make for insight into the movie-making process. Hosted by Betty, Uncle Wes. Turn the lights and start the show. We all do it. Turn the lights and start the show. Welcome to the Pestle, everybody. Today's show is brought to you by AdBuddy. Need a creepy new method of payment? Use AdBuddy. <laughs> I love it. Welcome to the Pestle. Yes. I am Wes. And I'm Todd. Slash Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> I want to do it. <laughs> That's like a really good... Oh, it's a great description of my life, yeah. especially as of this evening and the two hours it took to put them to sleep. It was glorious. Oh, man. <laughs> Welcome to the Pestle. This is a show where we like to tear apart films. I'm destroyed right now. And Todd in the process. With the goal being that hopefully, you know, we'll learn something about the movie making process and what makes for good stories and bad stories. What separates those two in and of itself can be like a book, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of why it's nice to go one by one. The other kind of thing I like about what we do is you don't have to start from the beginning. There's all these shows, podcasts out there that you really need to begin from episode one. And this is our 54th episode. We've been doing this for over 54 weeks now. And all you need to do is watch the movie first, right? Yeah. Which is, you know, if you're listening to a, a movie podcast, you, you kind of like movies probably. Probably. So it's an excuse to, to, oh, I have an assignment. I'm watching Hidden Figures this week. and taking notes and seeing what I think. And, and that's actually a good point that, that we were talking about earlier is, you know, there are a lot of spoilers in what we do. You know, we, we're going to tell you everything about the movie, all of our thoughts and everything, but it's really good to take a break and make sure that you've watched the film first and you've got gathered your own thoughts and have your own idea of of what you think of the film to bring to the table. Cause then you hear what we think and it's just another opinion. I always grew up with, with the whole slogan of if you, those who can't do teach and those who can't teach critique. Right. right? And now sitting here, you know, like critiquing films, but you said that all wrong, but I don't, I don't see (laughs) probably, but I don't really see what we do as critiquing. I see it as, as this is what we think from our experience. Um, but it doesn't need to taint what you think about it. And too many times, um, you know, I'm very guilty of having an opinion of something and then someone that I really admire and trust in that same genre or field has a totally different view of it and and it completely destroys my opinion of it. And that always feels kind of kind of crappy, you know? If I it feels crappy if I like the thing and that person doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel crappy if I don't like the thing and that person does, because then I'm just like, well, you know, I've seen it and I just don't like that for whatever reason. It just doesn't work that way. It works the other way. But I've, I've really learned what this has helped me learn in this last year and a half that we've been doing this is to be okay with liking something that nobody else really does. You know, I mean, being a musician, I, you have to kind of have a thick skin a little bit. I mean, most, most don't, I still really don't, but you kind of have to have a thick skin because not everybody's going to like your music, whatever. And you just have to do it because you like it. So anyway, yeah. So watch hidden figures, get your own opinion before we dive into ours. Totally. I mean, I 
so I'm so glad you said that because it is such an easy thing to just want to get a sound bite. Like I don't even honestly go to Rotten Tomatoes or any review sites yeah. uh, just because I don't want to walk in with this expectation of something being either really, really great or really, really bad. Maybe for me, it, unless I get too many details, I don't mind being told the movie's bad per se. I mean, I'd still rather know nothing, but if I find out it's bad and then I go in, maybe that can just make it that much better to me because low expectations can, you know, can help smooth out some of those wrinkles. But certainly being told it's like really, really, really great. I'm probably going to go in like, okay, there's no way this can meet my expectations. There's this great bit where Jerry Seinfeld was talking about going and doing stand up, and the person introducing him is like, building him up so much that he's like there's no way I, you can't call me the funniest man on the planet and that they're gonna cry tears from laughing so hard i can't overcome that <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's no way for me to top what you just said yeah, yeah. and so i really love that so that said today we're going to talk about a few things uh we're going to talk about thing why number one. <laughs> thing number one what is it why hidden figures is not a good movie all right right into it <laughs> I like it. And number two, I'm probably going to go on a rant about the problem with big budget black films. And I other, might leave the room yeah. for a while, you know, get a it's coffee, true. you know, read the paper, come it's back. Good use of your time. Yeah. <laughs> and other such things and stuff and things. You read that totally wrong. You have it written here and it's and other Still. such stuff and things and stuff. It really is true. Those who can't do critique. Yeah, critique. It really is. Damn it. Came back on me. All right. So a uh, quick synopsis of the film. The story of, this is a story of a team of female African-American mathematicians who served a vital role in NASA during the early years of the U.S. space program. Directed by Theodore Melfi. Written by Allison Schroeder and Theodore Melfi based on the book by Margot Lee Shetterly and it's starring Taraji P. Henson. Taraji. Taraji. Thank you. P. Henson as Catherine G. Johnson. Octavia Spencer as Dorothy Vaughn. Janelle Monet as Mary Jackson. Kevin Costner as Al Harrison. Uh, Kirsten Dunst as Vivian Mitchell and Jim Parsons as Stafford. Where the hell have you been? Everywhere I look, you're not where I need you to be. It's not my imagination. Now, where the hell do you go every day? To the bathroom, sir. To the bathroom. To the damn bathroom. For 40 minutes a day? What are you doing there? We're T-minus zero here. I put a lot of faith in you. There's no bathroom for me here. What do you mean there's no bathroom for you here? There is no bathroom. There are no colored bathrooms in this building or any building outside the West Campus, which is half a mile away. Did you know that? I have to walk to Timbuktu just to relieve myself. And I can't use one of the handy bikes. Picture that, Mr. Harrison. My uniform, skirt below my knees, my heels, and a simple string of pearls. Well, I don't own pearls. Lord knows you don't pay colors enough to afford pearls. And I work like a dog, day and night, living off a coffee from a pot none of you want to touch. Thank you. 
excuse me if I have to go to the restroom a few times a day. Nice. You go get him, Tiger. <laughs> I'm such an ass. You really are. You really are. <laughs> because that's one of the few, like, actual emotional scenes in the film. Yeah, right. And she is having her, her moment. And I guess that's just kind of what irritated me about it isn't necessarily that she got to tell off some dudes who were being, you know, jerks to her wittingly or not, especially Harrison. Uh, I'll get to his ass in a little while, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I just, what do you, how did you feel? I kind of said, <laughs> you, I, can I start yeah, so that you, you can have the rest of the time? Yeah, basically. Uh, okay. Okay. So going into this movie, I knew you hated it. So it tainted it a little bit, but I, I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, it was not the worst way to spend an hour and a half. You know, I would have rather been watching another movie. Obviously it's not, it's, it's nothing that it's nothing that's going to change the, the, you know, the, the book on anything, the biggest, I mean, I had a lot of problems with it, but the biggest problem that I had was it with it was that it made me notice this specific thing about most black films. And I have no idea most like, like period piece, African-American, you know, sixties, fifth, you know, uh, style, like genre films Mm -hmm. is for, okay, let me, let me relate it to the, to this in every, like almost every single Disney movie you see, there is a, even if it's focused on a female, there is a stronger male counterpart in that film. And that drives me insane. Always, even in, even in frozen, which was two sisters and, and everything, there were still like males there to bail them out when they needed it. I feel like most movies that are like this from this era have some white guy who is there to be, to have like a moment where he redeems all white, hmm. all white people. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you, you, all these movies make you as, as a white person myself, make me feel shitty. They make me feel like I, I am ashamed to be associated with a color or a race that has ever treated someone so poorly to their face. I mean, every day, even way worse than this movie. So it makes me feel like crap until there's a moment where some white guy does something nice for the, the black person. And all of a sudden it's okay now, you know, and then all the other, because that black, like in this movie, because Harrison is the, the top dog, then other, the other people start treating her a little bit better. And, and that just one did not happen back then very much, I'm sure. And if it did, that's, that's not necessary because you're minimizing the whole length of their lives that these African-American folks had to deal with that shit and worse. Mm -hmm. What we're seeing is one little moment of glimmer of goodness from a white guy in a sea of shit that they get, (laughs) that they got on a daily basis. I don't need to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't deserve to see it. Not me personally, but like let it hang, let it be what it was. You know, don't give me that. And, and I, we had 
way too much in that in this film. It was completely watered down in that regard. I'm sure that she had way a, a whole much harder time. And that's the thing is like we don't know the true or the false. You know, I've read a couple notes off of IMDb, and one of it was like uh, it wasn't actually all that bad, and you know, but we don't know if it like there's no way for us to. But know. it makes it a better it it makes it a better movie if it was worse. It does. Oh, I completely agree with that. Uh, yeah. So like, how lean about, into it how if you're going to do it. Yeah, if you're going to do it. <laughs> thank you. That's perfect to say it. Lean into that shit if, if you're going to do it. Because one of the small, and just to be clear, my issue isn't whether or not this was a f- factually told story. That's sure. not why I think this is a bad movie. Sure. I'll get into all of that later. But that specific moment never happened. Uh, she didn't have that issue with the bathroom. That was one of the other characters apparently she ended up just kind of using a bathroom closer to her and nobody <laughs> had any issues with it except once like a couple years after she'd been doing it and they complained and she ignored them and nobody ever cared again. <laughs> like it was uh, from the, this is like a cliff note I, I read off of IMDb. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know how true or false any of that stuff is not, not my biggest issue, but that specific moment where sure. she gets to have her, her, I don't know, her day in court, you know, whatever. I don't mind that. No. Like that that you're making a movie. Yeah, exactly. There's creative license and I think that's okay. I completely agree with you. So anyway, to end my, my little thing, just to say, I, I mean, I would give it a four, maybe four and a half out of 10. I mean, I'd agree with that. Yeah. There, there are a couple of really good performances, you know, um, moments of performances. I don't think anybody like crushed it from Mm -hmm. beginning to end, but there wasn't a, the script wasn't strong. Um, that's right. So you had some really strong actors and actresses and actors in here. They're all called actors now, right? Um, really strong actors in here. Uh, but they didn't really get to shine as much as they would, you know, in Mm -hmm. like the help. Right. You know, we're there. You have a great story and a yeah. great script. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. I would probably give it like four, four and a half, whatever, just because there are some really great actors. I love Jan- Janelle Monet. I hope she continues mm-hmm. getting roles. I mean, I love everyone in this film. I think they're all great. They're all really, really talented actors. If I could have any single one of them on one of my sets, I'd just, you know, I'd kiss the ground. Yeah. And it's pretty. I mean, they, it looks really great. I didn't, notice a ton of like interesting visual symbol symbolism or any it just felt like let's get a couple of really great shots and we're going to get our coverage and uh, we're going to move on we're going to light the hell out of this thing it's gorgeous i the set design and wardrobe is absolutely outstanding the uh color palette is even like i thought fan freaking tastic the way they you know use all these muted colors and uh there's a lot of you know earthy tones throughout the film it's gorgeous i had wardrobe hair all of that was just so on point great 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 <laughs> so it's not my my issue let's be clear there's a difference between a bad movie and a bad in a story not worth telling this is a story worth telling mm-hmm. bar none this is an amazing story and i would love to hear more about what these women dealt with and uh, what they contributed. And I think you could say this through the vast majority of American history is filled with unsung, you know, heroes and, and figures that are not having their story told or even acknowledged. I mean, I'm sure in world war two and world war one, even probably in the civil war, there's all kinds of amazing stories uh, like a glory that, you know, deserves to be told. And we don't, 
certainly get those stories in our history books and classes. So that's a really great avenue of film is to tell those stories. And I will ramp up here. Just part of the story issues are some are some of just these very direct and unambiguous exposition. So like we're it's almost sitcom-y in a way of how plain and on its face all the setup and payoff is. Right. Like Mary in the very opening scene lays out the actual who, what, when, where, like they're driving off from that cop or with the cop really in there in tow. And she literally just says, you know, we're three black women who work for NASA in 1962, Georgia, following a police car. Like she literally gives you she the exposition, yeah. um, which in and of itself isn't like no, pl- treat, treating the audience as dumb. Yeah, that's my issue. You're constantly, constantly treating us as idiots. And and that's what what kind of bothers me is that opening isn't a bad that's a really smart way generally speaking of setting up the the setting like great you have three black women on the side of the road of a broken down car and they're smart enough to fix it on their own damn self like that's great you're you're establishing how smart they are how capable they are and then you have a cop roll up on them that establishes their pecking order in society, that this is Jim Crow uh, South or Virginia. And though I said Georgia a minute ago. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, and that probably not era, not big difference. Yeah. Like I would know, but yeah. And so you have a cop roll up and you get to establish who they are in society. And I would have written it probably a little differently. Uh, just it felt a little too neat. I don't know that a black woman in Virginia is going to get cheeky with a cop and have everything kind of turn out her way. If other grittier films have taught me anything, (laughs) it is not the case, (laughs) but I don't know. I wasn't there. Maybe that was word for word, everything that happened. I honestly have no idea. And so we fast forward. They also have this NASA meeting where we get some more exposition where that very first meeting, uh, Paul Stafford, played by Jim Parsons, makes this comment and the guy leans over to Kevin Costner. It's like, who is that? So in one quick, in two lines of dialogue, we're establishing who Kevin Costner is. He's one of the authorities in the room. He's the leader of this team. And then he's also establishing who Jim Parsons' characters is, uh, which is Stafford. That's our lead engineer. And we've also established that he's a jerk just by the tone and the way he was talking to uh, a superior. Nobody likes this guy, but he's our, he's one of the smartest guys in the room, which also establishes later on when he's not as smart as Catherine. That's all very well constructed and succinct. (laughs) (laughs) Too much. So like, why can we like, I don't know, make us wonder and ask questions ourselves a little bit more. Yeah. Like maybe give a little more depth to the character. Yeah. Right? Cause what's the runtime on this thing, man, this has got to be two hours, two and a half. Okay. A little over two hours. Jeez. What are we going to do for two hours? If we're not having to ever fill in any blanks and ever come along with the characters, like you have to give us an opportunity to, to be as smart as the film. <laughs> Like we need an opportunity to prove that we're intelligent too. Uh, and they just never, and this is Fox technically behind the film, but I always think of this as a Disney film because 
Disney tends to do this a lot as well. Yeah. Uh, I call it the general, generally speaking, the Disneyfication of, you know, film and media. Well, <laughs> yeah. And, and we just spoke to, to, you know, don't treat us like idiots, but you know, let us figure it out. But at the same time, that's, that's completely different when you're talking about developing a character, mm-hmm. especially someone like uh, Stafford who you want to not like, Right. I didn't know for the first, I don't know. I honestly didn't know. Is this guy an asshole for like a good 30 minutes? You know, like I'd seen him in several, several shots, several scenes. And I mean, I knew he was annoying and people didn't like him, but I didn't know if, if I should hate him, mm. you know? Yeah. Cause he was kind of not nice to her. I mean, he was not nice to her, right? but he wasn't like, you know what I'm used to with movies like this. Not nice to her. Right. Dropping uh, in bombs. Right. And, it, he didn't really need to do that, but right. like be more aggressive with his, with his, uh, like, like disdain for her. I yeah. guess. And, but they, they just didn't point being, they didn't develop him for me to not like him. I didn't know where Kevin Costner's character stood on, on the issue until the whole bathroom situation. Mm-hmm. Um, they just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of one of my issues. If, if they're going to dive into the racist dialogue, what I don't like is Stafford is a jerk. He's a jerk to everybody. So him being a racist on top of that, that's a little too easy because can't non jerks also be racist. Mm -hmm. Can I be good to my peers and also a complete racist prick to uh, black people and minorities, yeah, that that's a little bit starker of a line, mm-hmm. and it demonstrates really of the attitude of so many people in in that era. It's a really good point because some of the most effective times where I've seen characters that I've seen in movies are the ones in this regard are they're very nice and they use nice voices mm-hmm. to be demeaning and. <laughs> Uh, and racist like Kirsten like, like yeah like or like it's just Vivian. it's just understood that you're less than me and you understand that right you know, okay as long as we're on the same page you know like that mm. kind of thing like oh man <laughs> that's like that's that's the way to do it yeah. you know like very effective Ooh. and so by contrast you're talking about Harrison uh, Kevin Costner's character yeah. Harrison he's a passive racist He's benevolent, but oblivious to their struggle, which I think there's, if this was like a modern day thing that, that for me, that would play much, much better because I think that's kind of where we're at in society. And maybe that's exactly what the point they're trying to drive home, but that's just a harder point to take whenever the setting is already the de facto time period is for everyone to kind of be a little bit more racist. And so having a passive racist isn't quite selling racism quite as hard because that person, if Harrison is watching a modern, you know, in 2018 is watching himself back then, it's easier for him to say, yeah, you know, you jerk, don't you get it? The, the standard is different for them while himself in 2018, not getting it. Like, yeah, right. it's just not quite, it's not sold quite as strongly. Uh, you need a stronger message. And I, I think in order to help someone who's modern day doing something like that to see that they are the, the problem and this is something that they're carrying around with them as well. And so 
yeah, just kind of being, he's a good guy. He doesn't know he's a, uh, a racist or he's a good guy and he's, he's oblivious to racism altogether. He's not a racist at all. He's just oblivious to these other people's struggle. Like, the, I don't know. It's just, it's not a very strong message. And he gets to your point earlier, he gets to be the good guy by knocking down the sign and helping pro- promote them. And again, that's not to say we don't need those people in society. You and I need to be those people in society uh, as white, you know, men to, if we see that sign to knock it down and you can take that in a much more symbolic route. Like if we hear someone saying an off color joke or whatever, like, yeah, to step in and try to bridge that gap and uh, make sure people are doing the right thing. It's, it's, it's a great message in 2018. It's much harder to kind of take that away in the early sixties and, and have that be, I don't know, a central turning point of the film. Cause now it just feels condescending. Uh, right. Exactly. <laughs> Hence my point of the, the big, strong white guy who mm-hmm. comes down to be nice to the, to the black girl. Like, yeah. you know, no, yeah. it's not necessary. How about you chew out your own coworkers instead of trying to give them a win one for the Gipper speech? Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And you, do you really need to take, have him take a, I mean, it's, this is Holly. They Hollywooded the shit out of the sign scene. Mm-hmm. You really got to take a sledgehammer to it. How about a screwdriver? Yeah. You know, like <laughs> God, man. Yeah. It's, and it, it's just pandering. That's yeah, the real issue. You're just yeah. pandering and, mostly to not make white people feel bad in the audience because this is our feel good moment this is our moment to yeah that that would be me and mm-hmm. like no <laughs> that's what i'm saying like yeah. no they, don't let don't You're, let us off yeah don't let us off the hook yeah yeah absolutely and i'm not you know like i i don't take responsibility personally for everything, mm-hmm. you know, like that—that's not mm-hmm. what I feel. What I when I watch movies like this, what I feel is it, just—I I wish it would have been different. You know, I hope that I can never watch a movie like this and not feel that way. You know what I mean? I hope that every time I see a movie like this, I feel that way. And I honestly didn't. Yeah. It was just very vanilla yeah. most of the time. So. Yeah. And so this is going to bring me into. The other stuff? Yeah. Well, the, my rant. Oh, oh I haven't yeah. started oh, my rant. You oh, yeah. I got to buckle up. Yeah. All so, right, guys. I'll be back. 20 minutes. This, Starting the countdown. We can label this the uh, the Wes's issue with big budget black films, so to speak. This I would label like a black film because you have three black lead actresses, actors, what have you. And they're the title characters, right? They're the hidden figures. Why, why, why the holy hell can we not have a big budget movie starring a lot of black people without it being a period piece where they have to be subjugates to white people? Almost every major film with black people starring that gets accolades and awards attention tends to be about slavery or segregation. If we're going to have, this is what Hollywood's telling us. If we're going to have black characters, then let's make sure they're going to be in the one proper place where we'll believe them as slaves and underclass citizens. I'm not saying to stop making hidden figures and like, remember the Titans. I'm saying we need far more films that add a diverse picture of what black people can be heroes, villains, sidekicks, flawed heroes, and not just in, you know, 
quote unquote black films for black audiences, but for all audiences too. We need both films specific to the black experience, but also films that are more than just about race in the black experience. So that maybe as a society, the picture of black men and women is so wide that it is beyond boiling it down to any short definition. There's a reason why I have friends that suddenly get you know, around someone they've never met and they want to ask about, oh, what do you think about Bill Cosby, you know, going to jail? And, oh, do you like hip hop music? And it's because these people don't have enough experience personally with probably black people in general, but they also, society isn't painting them a very large picture of what black people can be, that they can like, you know, Soundgarden and Nirvana and like, enjoy cosmos like there's such a much bigger experience that black people will have that they never get to you know have assumed about them and it's because of stuff like this and because there's not enough black films out there look i have a lot of thoughts about this film but beyond my general issue with hollywood loving to main to mainly make black films about segregation and slavery it's This movie is just a kitschy, paint-by-numbers, unoriginal, feel-good mess filled with trite witticisms and perfectly framed moments of progress and clarity. It feels disingenuous and condescending. It's so wildly frustrating to not have a complicated and more deep, complex take and narrative that assumes a little bit more about the audience and a little bit more about the characters it's portraying. And so, I mean, that's more or less my, my rant, but I just, I would love to see more films where black people don't have to be underclass citizens. Like, can't we just start there? Can we not just have more films? And it also, and so as much as I hate, like a, all the films that Tyler Perry makes, I'm glad I'm glad at least there's not only someone black that's making a lot of money off of it, but that someone's recognizing there's a market out there for, for black films. And hopefully we'll keep getting more of those. I'm totally changing what my recommendation is going to be. I just realized what it, Oh God, that's a great call. Wes. Good job. You'll hear about it here in a few minutes, but uh, <laughs> are you still talking to yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm like patting okay. my back myself on the back. Cause I completely forgot about this. Uh, but there's so many films that should be told and hopefully we can get more and more, not only out of whitewashing films where, you know, someone that probably should be black or a minority of some kind, you know, you see these films about Egyptians being played by white guys <laughs> or even historical films about biblical characters like Jesus, you know, historically speaking, probably wasn't white and it's okay to cast, you know, ethnic characters in ethnic positions. <laughs> I would like to believe that we can begin to accept this idea. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm, I'll just stop. Like no, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's I'm enjoying this. That was actually shorter than I expected. Yeah, I, well, I got hours of content. Yeah, <laughs> I believe it <laughs> because there's millions of hours of, of content to t- yeah. talk about. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to beat a dead horse. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think that we've gotten the you know our our opinions across. It's it's just it's a watered down version of something that is is not written well um, uh, and might look good, but you can't. You can only you know polish a turd so much. Yeah. Essentially like a movie is only as good as a script. Yeah. You can have a bad looking movie with an awesome script is way better than a great looking movie with a bad script. 
and obviously, like you said, the way this is told, it's, it's told in a way where, where it need it, it needs to have all the same things that every other movie set in this era has, you know, this big, strong white person coming down to like to their level and helping them out when they need it the most. Like, fuck you, man. They don't need like, yeah, it's just, that's why I mean, even, even other movies that we've, that we've done on this podcast Mm -hmm. are like that, you know, probably no, definitely. Yeah. One that starts with an M. Yeah, and I can't say, I, I can't say yeah, it yeah, because yeah. I don't want to. I don't want anybody yeah, to, yeah. you know. But yeah, they're all. It seems I'm. It's it's hard for me to think of one that doesn't. Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe yeah. the the funny ones. Yeah, you know, like if they're funny, that's different. But I don't know if there's any funny 1960s setting, right? African American movies. There should be. There's, yeah. No, that's. Oh true. my gosh. <laughs> But anyway. more than anything, I you know I just wish we would stop putting black people in the past and start putting them more in the present and the future. Oh yeah, and Good point. there's so many amazing actors that never get their chance. So many amazing writers, yeah, and directors. Like even just I don't know, you know, making some modern day film that's just a better picture of what society actually looks like because it's so misrepresented you know demographically and not just behind the camera but even in front of the camera mm-hmm. uh, whenever i'm casting i know i always look for who i think fits the role the best and whenever i write my character descriptions rarely do they have like not not only just what race someone is but even you know what they look like like mm-hmm. i want you to see whenever I'm, I'm writing something i want you to see what they look like based on your own experiences with people and the characters are going to speak and act the way they are. And then whenever I get to cast a film, all I have to really worry about is who are the best actors I have access to? Mm-hmm. Well, plug them in. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, there are certain times when that doesn't necessarily work. If it's obviously racially charged, uh, then you have to factor that in. I know off of zombies, I had to write with, you know, it's black characters in mind at certain points of the film because that's what that film's actually about. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, a, an allegory and a symbol, symbolism of, you know, minorities in the workplace or whatever. But even, and then the other cases would be, you know, whenever you have families. Well, ideally you can make those work uh, so that the child looks like the parents. And, but even, even then I, I wouldn't be afraid of bending that rules. It's like, uh, fine. The, these black parents have a white child. <laughs> So what would you say to, to, uh, folks who might say, say, well, it's better now than it used to be, you know, look at what's, uh, I don't know his name, um, uh, in, in the new star Wars movies. Oh, um, sure. John Boyega, John Boyega, um, Charles Gambino, um, I mean, uh, black Panther, you mm-hmm. know, like what would you say to those folks who, who say, well, it, you know, at least it's getting better and, and, and. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, you're right, it is getting better, but it's also 2018, and it's too easy to point out the yeah, points the, of progress. The points of progress. You, very well said. <laughs> yeah. So have have they picked the next James Bond yet? Weren't they looking at one point at uh, Idris, Elba? Idris Elba? Yeah, uh, there's one more with Daniel Craig, and 
from there that's going on to something else. But yeah, they were. I, well, I think he's a little too old still. Maybe that because that, yeah. that's why Daniel Craig is stepping down. Yeah, and, yeah. I don't want to get off topic, but like I, the reason I'm, sorry. I would freaking love. But yeah, me too. Good God, me too. And it, but I say that for a reason. I say that like, there needs to be mm-hmm. what's going to make that change happen. Period, and especially happen faster is more African Americans in major major roles yeah. like Black Panther, like James Bond, uh, like roles that are predominantly white yeah white based roles essentially you know like who can make superman black yeah why not yeah you know like Agreed. he doesn't have to be a white dude just because in 1976 when it came out he was a white guy not at all and i mean really more than anything i just want the best person for the role yeah right whatever right. that turns out to be and there's just too many great black actors and actresses that mm-hmm. they shouldn't, they sh- there's no reason they shouldn't be getting a lot of these roles. I mean, heck whatever. Yeah. Castle black Superman, just, just for the hell of it, find the best black actor you can that yeah. fits the part. You're going to put a lot of butts in seats. There's going to be a lot of controversy. It's Superman. There. It's going to sell billions. <laughs> yeah. It, it's Superman. It doesn't matter how, like we, there's been a lot of bad super Superman right. movies and they still made money, yeah. you know? Yeah. So exactly. Like, there should be more interracial, you know, love stories. Uh, there's films like The Mountain Between Us that are great films, and race never comes up in that film. Mm-hmm. These are just two characters dealing with a thing, and I love movies that do that. It's like you don't have to point out every time there's a racial disparity. Uh, if it's if it's not central to the story, then whatever, get over it. We should really have Aaron. Oh God. You know, in yeah. this discussion, you know, have an African-American actor, our, our friend Aaron mm. Alexander, who's crushing it out in L.A. right now, man. Yeah, just booking everything. He is. He is. And it's frustrating because he's not in Austin. I can't. I know. <laughs> well, we could we could get him on the phone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah. We'll, I would really like to hear his thoughts on that. Yeah. We'll pick out another film. And I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah. We'll get his thoughts on that. And yeah, we'll find an action film for him to to geek out about. Because really, Absolutely. that's what he. Whenever I think, well, whenever I think of him, I think of him as a dramatic actor, but mm-hmm. he, he and most other people look at him as a fight choreographer and yeah. stuntman and just a freaking badass. Yeah. That, that guy is inspiring. But I look, I honestly, honestly, not joking. When I look at him, I see Shakespeare. Really? I do. Why? Uh, that was one of the first images of his that I remember seeing whenever he was showing me some pictures and he was doing Shakespeare in the park. Uh, here in Austin. Oh, wow. And so every time, whenever I get a mental image of him, I, I think of his scene in Office Zombies, but I also think of uh, yeah. Shakespeare in the Park. And so I always think of him as Shakespeare. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. I love him. Yeah, he's, we, he's amazing. We should have had him on. Yeah. I'll link, in, you know, for we'll those do, curious, I think I'll, we'll, link him, I'll link his IMDb in the show notes. Okay, great. And, and, and uh, we'll do better about maybe bringing on more, uh, some more, you know, guest speakers. Yeah, now that, when they're appropriate. Here's the thing: is we've I, been getting so much more activity in the emails and the comments section that I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, people are paying attention. So, yeah, I'll look to start booking out more people and yeah, add more interest. I'm not, to yeah, the I'm show. not. <laughs> I'm trying to give you more work to do. Yeah. I will do this as well. Okay. I'm just saying uh, to the viewers, maybe we're going to, we're going to, you know, yeah. actually do some I work. did pump the brakes. I don't know how much it did. It didn't show up. Like I've pumped the brakes a little bit and 
not necessarily effort because I put a lot of effort into to analyzing and, you know, putting in show notes, but you know, other auxiliary stuff <laughs> like life like and making a living, certainly that <laughs> <laughs> like trying to make money, yeah. man, wouldn't it be awesome if like this was our job? God, that's all we I could think just about like, sometimes, you know, yeah, it's I like, could spend two or three days just crafting an incredible show and, uh, and I could just walk in yeah, you ask. and just, and just talk <laughs> and make money and then leave. That would be <laughs> That's great. the dream. That is right? the dream. Absolutely. Are we getting off topic? A little bit. Okay. <laughs> so I think that that pretty much does it. Yeah. What's your recommendation for the week? I'm going to recommend, uh, uh, this, uh, new Netflix, um, series called maniac. It's really, really, really interesting. It has, um, yeah, Emma Stone and Jonah Hill. Thank you. Jeez. It has Emma Stone and Jonah, a, a skinny Jonah Hill, yeah. which is, which is strange. Yeah. You're so used to seeing, um, uh, bigger, S- strange, almost, I, I almost don't like it. <laughs> no, he just love hey, him. Go be unhealthy. <laughs> young man. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Jonah, you, you're crushing it, man. He is un fucking believable in this. Yeah. I mean, Emma Stone is too. They're, they're, yeah, it's interesting playing against type. They're really playing against type in this film. Yeah, they really are. And that kind of, I'm only two episodes in. It is just it. really, really brilliantly written, brilliantly acted. And, and the set design yeah. blows my mind. I mean, they have, and I'm just going to say this and I'll, I'll let it go, but they, it, it, it's like modern day, but all the computers are eighties. Mm-hmm. It's like if we were 30 years ago in technology today, it's awesome. I, I mean, I just, I love everything about it. There's never a moment where I feel like I'm out of it and I don't know what's happening half the time. And it's just, so I've, I haven't hyped it up enough for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Way to ruin it. Todd. You're going to hate it. <laughs> You're absolutely going to hate it. Anyway. Awesome. I, so I was really on the fence of recommending a few things. Yeah. If you have, well, first, if you haven't seen The Mountain Between Us, I mentioned that earlier, definitely go see that. But my actual recommendation for the week is going to be Love Jones. It's a movie from the late 90s, and it has Lorenz Tate and Nia Long, and it's just a simple love story. Yeah, that's it. That's all you need to know. Okay. If you haven't seen Love Jones, I think it's such a great romantic drama, like, it's not a romantic comedy whatsoever. It's just a romantic drama. And it's late 90s, so you get a little bit of 90s flavor in there, too. Sweet, man. Um, yeah, that's a great, great movie. So, okay. Uh, Thanks and, for the record. Okay, so stay tuned for next week. We're going to be good news. Peter and Mark, we are going to be doing Hereditary. Uh, who else? Chimed Turns in Daniel. And Daniel. Uh, Damn it. <laughs> we finally had another enough peer pressure yeah Fine. thanks daniel for for kicking us in buddy uh so and thank you guys so much for for commenting i'm a little behind on get, uh, replying but i'll reply be replying in the next couple days to what you're saying on dude we've got so much activity lately that's awesome yeah this is like like yeah we're really doing it aren't we here <laughs> <laughs> no awesome. I, we love that man you know like like we just sit here and we talk into microphones into the ether and, and you know, if people like it, great. If not, at least, you know, it's, it's something else that 
you know, for us to like get our opinions out and stuff uh, about things that we really love or really don't love. So yeah, if, if you, if you guys like it and, you know, please respond and let us know because otherwise we're just talking, you know, <laughs> and we don't know, we don't know if what we're saying is resonating or not, or if we're doing something that you hate, yeah. you know, or whatever. Cause like, listen, we are not married to this process by any stretch of the imagination. We are happy to change formats of things or, you know, like structure or whatever, you know, fart jokes or I don't have to curse, but true that, um, you know, whatever. We just want to make something good that, that people will enjoy listening to and, and kind of, you know, get something out of hopefully. Absolutely. So leave us a note saying what you'd like to talk about and the kind of things you find interesting. We've got some more recommendations after hereditary next week Mm -hmm. that I'm excited it'll be a massive difference from anything we've covered so far and if you want to leave a note on this episode specifically to tell me why i'm wrong and why hidden figures is amazing uh, you can do so at the pestlepodcast.com slash hidden figures and i also i don't know if you know this but sometimes i put show notes in where if there's a thing we reference we'll put in the notes on that at that link as well as the trailers to our recommendations so if you're like What's Love Jones? I have no idea what that's about. Well, don't strain yourself. <laughs> Just go to our website, thevesselpodcast.com slash hidden figures and watch the trailer. I put them up there every watch week for the you guys. trailer. <laughs> we have distributed for you. Right on. It's a very, very good sales voice. Thanks. All right. We'll leave you with a quote of the day. This is a really good one. Good Thank selection you. here. Uh, it's from Malcolm X. You're not to be so blind with patriotism that you can't face reality. Wrong is wrong, no matter who does it or says it. I mean, it's so apt, yeah. right? It's right on the nose. The yeah, I love that just because, you know, you, you look at someone like, I don't know, Harrison's character, and he's wrong for one, not stepping up sooner. He saw what was going on in there, and he just looked the other way. So I, it makes it that much harder to accept later on whenever he finally takes this big stand when he could have taken that, you know, an hour and a half sooner. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So no matter what, I love the idea that patriotism has nothing to do with following the law. The law can be immoral, but what it, sorry, my (laughs) wife is dancing back there or something. I don't know. This has been a family episode. It has been. Yeah. Well, we are in my house. That's true. I'm surprised my wife's still awake anyway. But yeah, no, I love, I don't know what I was saying. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really sorry. No, it's fine. I'm really sorry. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, he could have stepped up an hour and a half ago. Yeah, he could have stepped up sooner. And at the end of the day, you know, we can't just imagine that whatever's law is moral. Those two things are yes. not tied together. Oh, man. The thing that people always tend to forget is that Jim Crow was a law. Yeah. Those were laws. And so just because the government is saying, here's a law, you have to follow it, does not mean that part and parcel, it's also a moral thing. Right. Man, really well done. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll just add to that one little thing. So that we're also human and to err is human. And just because you're in a situation where you could call someone out and you don't, doesn't mean that you are also yeah. forever damned to be racist. <laughs> you That's know what right. I mean? You just r- notice it mm-hmm. and use it for next time, the next opportunity. Cause you probably would have, will have one or even if it has nothing to do with racism in general, just like in life, 
you know, we're going about our day. At least I am. I go about my day. I do what I have to do. I get home. I'm exhausted. I, I have to play with my kids and, and put them to sleep and everything. But throughout all of that, I got to make sure that I do other things like connect with my wife or, you know, take care of myself and, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to slip. I'm going to miss things at, you know, at work or in life. And it doesn't mean that I'm a failure. It just means I got to notice it. And yeah. Try to catch it next time. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, not that everyone here needs uh, a lesson on adulting from us, but I personally like my some of my best moments, you know, when addressing, you know, this kind of thing hasn't come in the form of a big standoff. It's like, oh, I disagree with that. You know, it, oh, it doesn't have to be this, like, you don't have to make a big deal. Grand about it. gesture. Yeah. Like, yeah. in fact, it's probably more helpful if you don't. <laughs> oh, definitely. It's right? probably better received. Yeah. Whenever in my, back in my Christian days, uh, <laughs> one of the things I was always told was be winsome to win some, like you're, the more inclusive you can be in the process, the more it, it's easier to change somebody's mind. Yeah. That's man. That's yeah. a really, I never really thought about, you know, you sit there, if you're watching a film like this, you sit there and you think, you think, Oh, I would kick them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But really in reality, would you really do that? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. You know, like you don't want to be a jerk. And at the same time, you know, if you're going to say something, uh, like, uh, I like to think of how, how would I receive it? Yeah. Right. If I said something that you didn't, didn't resonate with you and you told me, mm-hmm. if you told me angrily, right. then my first instinct is to, is to protect myself and get angry back. Yeah. But if you told me like, Hey, you know, like this kind of affected me, I didn't, you know, yeah. what, and you were, you know, much more inclusive in, in it, then I definitely would respond completely yeah. different and think, Oh man, I didn't, you know, I'm sorry that it, yeah. whatever, you know, it's yeah. more food for thought than yeah. just fuel for anger. Yeah, <laughs> man. Good point. Anyway, anyway, good. Sorry point. guys. I hope, you know, y'all suffered through that. <laughs> I'm not sorry. This is a good conversation. Yeah. Damn it. Anyway. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, make sure to tune in. Please tune in next week because I'm going to have to watch this movie and I don't want no one to hear it. Yeah. To hear what I think of it because I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, I haven't been this scared to watch a movie in a while. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's going to be fun. So tune in next week, Hereditary. Uh, make sure to leave us, uh, you know, your thoughts and everything on the site. And until then, I'm Todd. I'm Wes. Go watch some movies. Yeah.